everyone and welcome to another edition of the Boundary AFLW podcast. My name is Nick Negropontis. My name is Chloe Malloy. It's a huge podcast. We haven't done one in, in a bit over a week uh, since round one. Nothing of importance has really happened. Excuse me, Pont. What happened past last week? Uh, Tell me. Remind well, me. Carlton beat the Bulldogs last week. <laughs> no, you guys were very good. You guys smashed Carlton. I was, I was there on the boundary level trying to remain impartial for my role with, <laughs> with SEN, but being really frustrated at how genuinely good you guys were. And it wasn't the fact that Carlton lost. That was simply you guys kicked Carlton's butt. It was a quality game of football. And I had a lot of people say to me, that's one of the best game of women's footy that they've seen. But class by both sides. Yeah, I, I hated every second of it. But um, <laughs> I thought that was the best game that you, as Collingwood, had put maybe until the Fremantle game, which we'll get to. But <laughs> I think you guys are in ridiculously good form right now. Thank you. Um, and that Carlin game was was in particular, and I had to wear a Collingwood <laughs> jersey around the office, which was flattening. <laughs> but I'll stay humble in my success. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get straight into it. We're going to be joined by Carlton legend, my personal favourite player, Georgia G, later in the podcast to talk about all things Carlton, heading into their grand final rematch against Adelaide, which has slipped right under the radar, I reckon. It really has, because I, I only um, it only ticked for me when you said, oh, yeah, it's a grand final rematch. I was like, oh, yeah, it really is, and Carlton head over there again. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, speaking, I hope we'll see what Georgia G thinks of the game. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually now, not that I wasn't already excited for it, but even more so excited, especially we don't know if Phillips is going to be back, so... I'm hearing yeah, less likely. Less likely. As the weeks go on. So there you go. So, Could, yes, grand final rematch, but it could be a whole different ball game. Fingers crossed that I'm completely wrong there. <laughs> anyway, the way we start every podcast... Is rapid fire. Rapid fire questions. We haven't shown each other these questions. Let's get straight into it. But Sorry, sorry. Before we do that, I've got a stat for you, Chloe. Oh, hit me. So in round one of the AFLW season, 48 goals, 62 were scored. 110... Shots at goal. This is across all teams? Across all teams. teams. Crappy accuracy, but also understandable considering half the games are impacted by horrendous weather. Yes. Round two. So 48 goals in round one. Round two, 60 goals, 59. Dead on 50% accuracy, 119 shots, so an extra nine shots and an extra 12 goals. So the theme we're seeing here is something we predicted. Round three, 69 goals, 58, 127 shots. An extra uh, 11 goals, sorry, no, 21 goals on round one and nine goals on round two. So we're seeing a spike in the scoring opportunities, which would lead to higher score lines. And better games. And better games. Which is exactly what we said happens. Did we predict this? It happens every year. It happens every year. And yet we have the same conversation after round one, oh, has the game improved? Look so. at the numbers. This is actually one time where you can look at the numbers and use that to be like, yes, yeah. the game is getting better. It's raw data. I'm really curious to see how it works, how it looks this weekend. Obviously, I think round one was heavily impacted by rain. Round two even still. And then by round three, it looks like we're starting to get that clean footy. Some summer football. We've got you and Melbourne under the roof this week, which should be a bloody impressive game. We'll get to that one a bit later on. I've got some rapid fire questions for you <laughs> on that one. But if you want to open the batting, go for I will, it. Oh, open the batting. I like that one. My first one for you, do you have any All-Australian early calls? I have lots of All-Australian early calls. Hold on. I have a team. I won't go through the whole team, but (laughs) so I've got as the locks. I'll go, I'll go through some locks right now. Yep. Kate Lutkins is a lock for the fullback position. I think she is being, if not the best player this season in the top three or four. I think Daisy is a lock on the halfback flank based on how she has played. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the starting midfield is a lock. 
No, it's not because I've got Prisparcus twice, but I guess that's fair. <laughs> oh, no, it's still a lock. Okay. So not can't buy us at all. No. Lambert, Prisparcus, Hatchard, Paxman, Marinoff, I think is the starting midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Gemma Houghton as a lock at full forward. I think she's quietly the most impactful forward in the game right now. And I think I've got, I've definitely got you in there. Don't worry about that. Oh, I appreciate that. But I've got a worry for you. Ooh. Because you're playing in so many positions, I think the All-Australian selectors are going to be concerned about where to put you. I yes. think you might find yourself on the bench for no reason. Well, let's, yeah, I've actually, it's a question that's come up um, a couple of times from it? close ones is, where do you like playing? And my answer straight away is, I like, oh, like I'll play, I'm happy to play anywhere, point where the team needs me, the team needs me. But yeah, not saying that I think that I myself, I'm up for selection for an All-Australian um, team, but yeah, I, I don't really have a place. I yeah. mean, I, you do see me in the midfield and the forward, I've gone back couple of times. Well, you camped in, everywhere. You bloody well camped in front of Taylor Harris for a half against. Whoa, it was built a fire. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, no, I've got you a centre half forward just because there's not many forwards, and I think it's easy just to put slip you in, in there. Slip you in there. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Pot. I think the other locks are Ellie Blackburn as well and Jazzy Yana. I think they've been incredible. Yes, I could back you in on those both of those. Yeah, so that's that's what I've got uh, for the All Australians after Ellie three calls. rounds. But yeah, good question. Um, I'll start with, with uh, your upcoming match. You're under the roof, Marvel Stadium, Melbourne, State of Origin. I don't want to call it a curtain raiser because really it's the main event. It's the, it's the game that actually means something. It's going to have huge connotations at the end of the season for Conference B. How are you feeling right now? Actually really pumped. Coming off the loss to Fremantle, we're really motivated this week. Um, it was a really, I guess, frustrating to put it, that, that loss against Fremantle heading over there and then have to get on the flight home losing it like we don't uh, I'm very competitive we don't play to lose it's annoying but it's actually positive signs out of that is the process that we're taking to 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 ultimately achieve our final outcome um that we want whatever that may be it's you know we're getting better each week and despite that loss I felt like there's a lot of belief in our side um so I'm pumped for this week this Friday not weekend Friday night because it's just another step that we can take in becoming um, the team that we want to be. And, yeah, there's chemistry building. It's just, yeah, it is so exciting being a part of this group. And, yeah, we just get another another shot to showcase what, you know, this Collingwood's all about. And, yeah, hopefully we can put on a good match um, for those watching. And it is a, an amazing round that we're having. And um, I know there'll be plenty of um, tins and donations going around. So, yeah, it's pretty special to be a part of, and it's going to be a really good matchup against Melbourne. And you just mentioned Daisy as a lock to your All-Australian. She's playing really good footy, and um, it's unfortunate they've had a lot of injuries, but, yeah, we definitely can't undermine them at all because you just you never know um, with each game of footy. So they could come out guns blazing, and I have no doubt they will because as much as we've got motivation to win, they do also. You speak about that Frio game. I thought you guys were so clearly the better team, and that's saying something because I think Fremantle is also the elite team of the comp and also the hardest road trip in the comp, I would imagine. And yeah. you guys went over there and kicked their ass for a half, but couldn't put it on the scoreboard. They had five inside fifties and kicked three goals, I think. And you know what? That's, that's credit to them. And like, yeah. we, it's, I think it's a once in a blue moon game where you, you win all the key stats, but lose the game. But then I put my, I guess a Fremantle cap on. I go, well, we just made the most of our opportunities. And the final score, we won by three points. Doesn't matter how we got there, we we still got walk away with that four points. But um, speaking to one of the players after, um, she mentioned that she she goes, you guys were just unstoppable. She goes, we we knew what you wanted to do, um, and you just executed it so well. 
Um, so not that they were surprised to get a win, but yeah, it was a very close one. And um, I guess they ended up with the four points and we ended up on a flight back home. Um, pretty sad and sorry for ourselves, but yeah, it, it is just a just a frustrating loss, one of those, Pont. Um, and then, yeah, the, the four-hour flight makes it even better. No final four-hour flight? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm jet-lagged. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday when we're recording, by the way. <laughs> um, my question for you, will Gold Coast make finals? Oh, that's a good question. So I think that they are well and truly in the mix, but I can't remember who they're playing, but they play Adelaide, North, and I think think Melbourne. One of the Conference B contenders they play, I think it's Melbourne. They have to win one of those three games. Mm, I think I think just with the way the conference falls, well, sometimes the fixture falls away and sometimes it doesn't. Fremantle, for example, haven't left home oh, in three weeks. Dream run. Dream run. Um, but with Gold Coast, I guess there's not a stronger or a stronger and weaker conference. Um, but I think with the way their conference is set out that they yeah, I'm answering my own question, but I think they, they could be a little bit of a smoky for finals. I hope so, because they're playing really fun footy. They are one of the most fun expansion, or they are the most fun expansion team, and they're one of the most fun teams in the competition right now. They were so good in that second half against Brisbane. If they had gotten those four points, I might be here saying yes, because I think you only need four wins to make finals in Conference A, probably five to make it in Conference B. But I don't know whether they're going to get that fourth win is the question, because I think GWS will get to four. Yep. So that's my thing. I think Adelaide will get there in the end. They've got two wins under their belt, which is huge for them. North are a lock, and it's whether GWS and Gold Coast, I think they're the two teams battling it out for that last spot. Um, you were mentioning before how the Frio girls were saying how improved you guys seemed. You guys are a completely different team to last year. Where is that? Where has that come from, this improvement to go, for anyone who hasn't really been paying attention, to go from bottom of the ladder to genuine finals contender? It really comes down to one word, and when you ask me that, I just think of this word, and it comes down to belief. Um, for you know, I don't really like touching on the past because um, I don't really want it to define us. Because you know, I want the past three rounds to define what this Collingwood is. But um, you know, we don't shy away from it. But I guess um, the change of structure and the change we want to play, kind of girls, just the mindset, sh- the mindset shifted, and I think that was um, individually. You know, sometimes it falls on you. And I think all the girls, we literally just, it's almost like we got together um, and without even saying anything, we're all just like, all right, let's switch the mindset. We don't want to be that same team. Um, yes, Steve, the new head coach, can do all he want, um, all he can for us. And he is doing that. And he is creating this culture of belief um, and trust and family. But yeah, it's been something that it's, has shifted in the in the player's mindset is that, um you know, we, we can be successful and we want to stay humble in our success. And after the first round winning, it was awesome because we haven't felt that feeling. It seemed like you broke, an ice, broke the ice there. Yeah, we really did. And it was so, I was so excited and happy that, you know, it was almost like, okay, like this is actually happening. Mm. This is the start of something really new and something really special. And yeah, each week I'm just feeling it more so. So yeah, to, it comes just down to there's more belief. Um, I guess, oozing through the club now. Well, yeah, there should be. I mean, I was going to say, after that West Coast game, you guys got the, p- the four points you needed, but I didn't think you guys were on the same level as Fremantle and Carlton. And then, obviously, you come up the next week and just demolish Carlton. And to me, that was... I think that just comes down to the belief in your your plans, clearly, because the way you... you way you, like, the short kick, Carlton player comes up, you get the ball over the top, draw another player, kick, go over the top... The way you did that to Carlton for four straight quarters and they just had no answers. And then again, it worked against Frio 
and you just didn't get it on the scoreboard. Clearly, there's something really working, I think, at the Pies, and I think the Ds will have to be at their absolute best and kick accurately, which is something they have really struggled with. Yeah, and it's just something we'll have to continue because teams are going to do their homework now, and as you get more into games, there's more opportunities for um, footage for, to scout you. So, yeah, it's something I guess we'll tweak here and there, but, yeah, we're, we're setting some pretty strong foundations, which is really awesome. But to you. Yes. Um, speaking of Gold Coast, being an expansion team, what's the mindset of Richmond now? That's uh, a good question. Going zero and three, Katie Brennan's been in the media, copying it a fair bit. It actually How do they attack round It reminds four? me a lot of um, you guys with Mo Hope in that first first season. Um, and she was copying a lot and you guys are 0-3. But I think it's different for Richmond because they're an expansion team. There's a lot more eyes now on the product than there was back then. It's interesting with the Tigers. I thought they were quite good in the second half against North, whether North were like, we've won, we're just going to coast the rest of the way. I don't know, but they weren't bad in that second half. And hopefully they can take that out of it. They unfortunately don't play West Coast. So we don't, won't work out really who is the the bottom of those four teams. Mm -hmm. But hopefully they can get a win. Who do they play this week? Let's have a look. Because they they don't have uh, a very easy draw. They host Geelong this week. So that's a chance for a win. Then they travel to GWS. That's going to be tough. Then they have St. Kilda and Moorabbin. So the next three games, and then they host Brisbane after that. So they've got, the fixture opens up for them a bit. They've they've had a tough fixture. And now is their chance, I think, to, to get some momentum. Hopefully they take that out of the second half of the North game. Because I was doing the game, I mean, I was on the boundary listening to, to Terry Wallace in the box. He was saying that Richmond allowed the scoreboard to impact the way they went about it in the second quarter. They dropped their shoulders. They weren't running hard. And the body language. Body language and North crushed them. And that was clearly evident. But they came out after halftime. They rallied. So hopefully the Tigers can pick up where they left off in the second half. Yep. It's a good question by you. Thank you. Um, so who is the most underrated player in the comp? Because we've got Georgia G on later. And I had her as the most underrated player in the comp coming into the, into the season. But now the world has woken up to, to my girl, Georgia G. The world now knows that she is um, excellent. I think Karen Paxman is the most underrated star because she just does her job. But who do you think is the most underrated player, period, if you had to pick someone? period. That's a really good question. That's hard. That's a really hard question point. You've stumped me here. <laughs> um, if you want to narrow it to just who you've played against so far, Yeah, maybe. okay. That, that, that's good. Good by you. Um, we both West Coast round one, Carlton round two, Fremantle round three. Maybe someone out of Frio because when I did the votes for the game, I gave four Collingwood player votes. I had no idea who from Frio who really stood out. I thought it was maybe Pew and Stannard in the back line, but I wasn't really sure. No, I'm going to have to, I'm going to go away from those three teams. Yep. And it's probably underrated probably this season, although injured last season did her ankle. I think Ash Riddell yes. could be someone that's Great underrated. Call. And she's kind of not her name isn't in the media anymore because if we've got the rise of Jazzy Garner and Jenna Bruton Emma Carney. Um, and Emma Carney, those names that headline North Melbourne. But I think we're kind of starting to forget about Riddell yes. and the impact she's still having and she injured her ankle last season, so she was kind of flew under the radar there. And then this year has really flew under the radar, I think in, in my personal opinion. So I'm going to go with Riddell. That's a great call. I've had, I'm doing my own personal votes for the season, doing five, four, three, two, one across every game. I've got her on 10 already from three games. So she's been fantastic. Yeah. Just not noticed by 
um, I guess because those big names kind of just overcrowd her. But Ash, you are my underrated player. Go Ash Riddell. Keep going. <laughs> um, one for you. Mm-hmm. Are we taking stats into account too much? I think so. When you look at a lot of the votes from um, post-game uh, wrap-ups and from like other mediums that do votes, I think we see a lot of players who get the most votes on the, most possessions on the ground in votes. I don't want to name any names in particular, but I think we see a lot of play a lot of analysis of AFLW coming down to oh they had twenty seven disposals or they had twenty nine disposals rather than looking at impact chasing the numbers instead of yes because my my philosophy on a football field is. You don't have to touch a footy to impact mm. the game. And I'm going to use a, a teammate example here. Gemma Houghton scored a goal each each round, um, for the past two rounds and has got a, quite a lot of footy. But Ash Brazzle, you know, she might not have had that many touches, but her direct opponent, Gemma Houghton, also didn't kick a goal. Was her quietest didn't, game. Didn't exact one of her quietest games, but there's there's no praise to Braz because she didn't touch the footy. Yeah, especially defenders as well. I think, yeah, Lutkins and Brazel are clearly the two standout defenders, I would say. Harrington probably in the mix, Sarah Allen, but I think those are the two. So that's a good call there. I would say another one who I... Well, Georgia G is another one. She had eight disposals on the weekend and probably set up five goals. Exactly. Like You just miss that because you just go, who had 25 or 20, yeah. these kind of disposals? And not disregarding those players that do find that footy um, and because it's amazing that you can have the ability to find the footy that much. But, yeah, I think... I mean, to answer my question again, sometimes we are looking at the numbers I too so. much. Well, Kiara Bowers, she's averaging like 13 disposals a game, 14, and I think she's been clearly Frio's best player this year. And touching the ball that many times. Like, her metres gained are insane. Her tackles, she's literally double everyone else in the competition. I literally, I reckon I looked at it the other day. She's got 46. She's, there's her and daylight between. She's 22 more than any other player, and she's got 46 tackles in three weeks. That can't be, that can't be underrated. That's not possible. Anyway, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we do, as a media, look at stats too much. I think that comes from a media where people are watching one game and being forced to do votes on multiple games. It is an issue, I think, that is something that needs to to be addressed with with the media as well, especially giving votes. And hopefully the umpires who are doing the voting uh, on the BNF award are paying attention to who has impact rather than who has Mm. the most ball. Well, it's interesting. Sometimes you can have a league BNF and a club BNF and in a league being F, player X can, you know, have twenty something votes, but then in let's say player X goes to club level and club B and F and they could only record a handful of votes. It's it's bizarre the the difference in because I think the club your club B and F not that league B and F isn't awesome to win, but yeah, your club is where you'd you'd probably if you play your role you're gonna get um rewarded for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll save the conversation about the AFLWBNF voting system because I've got a few th- thoughts on that, but we'll save that for <laughs> later in the season. Um, next one for you. Are you better at footy or juggling? Because there are photos that have been circling of you pregame. And is this a routine of yours to, to get some juggling or is this just a one-off? Well, I actually, I take, I'm going to give credit to Britt Benici here because she's, um, she does it before the game. Um, and then you kind of, you watch, if you look, you know, watch all the pre-game recordings that they do. A lot of athletes um, touch different yeah. sporting codes. Um, balls. <laughs> I really <laughs> was, was hesitant to say that. Put. I didn't know how else to do it, but that's what they so are. So you're touching balls, going. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't know, just to get the coordination going, and um, Britt does it really well, and she actually does it up against the wall. I'm not that advanced at the minute, but 
yeah, it's kind of just to switch the mind on, but then also switch it off in a way, switch it on in the coordination, but switch it off from, from footy because I'm going to be touching a footy in the warm-up, in the game. Um, so, yeah, it's just something different to, to pass the time. Um, but to answer your question, what am I better at? Mm, probably juggling, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. It looked like you were struggling in those in those pictures. <laughs> but, no, that's that's good. That's really interesting. I'd, I'd never really thought about that whole shutting your mind off before you do it. But I guess, I mean – most people would do that on their way to work or after work or even like right before they want to think about anything else. So I guess it's the similar, similar thing really. Yeah. Well, you see a couple of the men's players with basketball, um, mm. cricketers, they, they are kicking a footy. Um, Ash Barty, you know, was kicking a footy around. So yeah, I, I, it's a little bit of fun just before it all gets real serious. So that's, that's, that's my answer for you. Fair, fair enough. Um, my last one for you. Yes. It's been quite a controversial, um, thing that's been in the media should AFL players give up a slice of their pay to AFRW that's a really good question um I don't think so because I agree with Lee Matthews in that AFL players should be earning more money themselves I think they own 28 percent of the pie and that if you compare that to the NFL they own 45 percent so maybe if it was a thing where AFL players you get 40 percent and five of that will go to AFLW I would be great with that I don't think that the AFL players should be taking a pay cut for AFLW, but I think that the AFL needs to find more money regardless for AFLW players. Yep. And I also think on top of that, they need to find money to pay additional players to beef out lists to 35. Yep. So I would say that the money shouldn't come from the men's players. I don't think they should be impacted, but the money should come and the money is obviously there. And women's footy, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, is a huge part of the AFL's growth in the last few years. So I think there's no doubt that in the next collective bargaining agreement, the men's players should have a larger part of the wedge. And even if they take a little bit less of that wedge than they otherwise would have to go to the to women's players, I think that's fair. But I'm not an expert on, on this kind of thing. Yeah. So I'll put that out there. But I, I, I actually think the men support us really well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that it shouldn't be coming out of their, their bank account. It, it's something that the AFL should address. Absolutely. I've got one more for you, and it's way less serious. <laughs> I've noticed a clear trend over the last two weeks. Oh, no. You and Katie Loins were going at it, chirping all game. <laughs> you and Fremantle players going at it, chirping all game. What is it with you and getting into banter discussions with, with opposition players? I just like talking to my opposition. Um, Loins and I were having a good laugh. We're actually really good friends um, off the field. Um, and I think the ball was taking a little bit to, to ball up, and um, she just said it come. We just, we just laughed. She's... Um, She's good because there's that there's that mutual respect that okay time to switch on but um, we did have that little bit of a laugh and it was caught on broadcast um, but <laughs> the Fremantle one I actually I can't remember what I said exactly but I was in the centre bounce and I'm pretty sure I walked I did two laps of the circle because the ball the umpire was holding up and the broad we have to wait for the broadcast and I was doing laps and I'm pretty sure Haley Miller goes to me oh you're getting your you're getting your K's up. I said, yeah, that means less Ks on Monday night at training. And we both just had a laugh. It's actually quite nice, the camaraderie across the whole league. Um, and like I'd said, that mutual respect with um, loins, but it, it's across the whole kind of league. Um, you know, we know when to take it seriously. And, you know, we're not going to pull out of a contest. We're going to hit each other hard despite being friends. But yeah, it, it's quite nice when you can kind of break that ice a little bit and have a bit of a, a laugh um, with opposition players and especially going up to Fremantle and, and you know, I think I said a couple of things to, to Turbo um, because I'm like a big fangirl. I actually got a photo <laughs> with her after the game. Lovely. But kind of just break that ice and just be like, yeah, we are, you know, we are friends here. We have that one common goal is to um, 
push women's footy and that's what we're doing. But then there's that competitive side. So as soon as that siren went, it was mouth guard back in, her mouth guard back in, and it was, yeah, whoever can hit the contest harder. Excellent. I like hearing that. I like hearing that there's lots of banter, but it's 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 fun banter. I like that. <laughs> that's good. Okay, well, we'll now throw to uh, Georgia G, Carlton Superstar, the most efficient player in the game, in my humble opinion, in terms Ponce. of... Favorite player. My who he actually actual, has the nut. You have her number on your back. Absolutely. Door. Some would say it would, it's Eddie Betts' number, but that's incorrect. I genuinely went and got 19 from Rebel Georgia Sport G. a couple of weeks ago, assuming you would be wearing the jersey. <laughs> and it didn't eventuate, but I still have it and I will be wearing it. But yeah, th- we will now throw to Carlton star Georgia G. So now we're joined by Carlton superstar, um, personal favorite of this podcast, Georgia G. Georgia, thanks for, thanks for giving us some of your time. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries, G. I'll start off firing a question at you. Um, from your first season to now, how have you adapted your game, um, standing at 160 centimetres, obviously being considered shorter than most? Um, how have you adapted your game around your height? Yeah, I think it's, it was a tough one, especially the first season. Um, I hadn't played any VFL um, leading up to AFLW and then getting drafted and um, playing round one up against you, I think it was um, it was a really big step up. And I think um, most people would ask me if it was intimidating. And I don't know if that's the word for it. I think it was just, um, it was a bit different to see bigger bodies up against me and I think going up against bigger bodies. But I tried to use my speed as much as I could. Um, and I think now being in the, my third season, um, being in the gym a little bit more, putting on a bit more weight, I think it's helped, helped me a lot more um, go up against those bigger bodies and, um, obviously the physicality because that's a big step up from yeah. these girls. So, and yeah, speaking it's been, of, it's been, yeah, sorry, I cut you off there. Sorry, G. Okay. No, 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 that's all good. Yeah. Um, speaking of physicality and being something that you've um, worked into your game, you six tackles on the weekend against the doggies um, alongside three goals, just quietly. Um, so <laughs> clearly you're, you're building your physical game and, um, you know, improving in this aspect. Is this something that was really, um, I guess, focused on during this preseason heading into 2020? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, spending a lot more time up on the wing last season um, and then going down um, forward this season, I think up on the wing you get a bit more of the ball, but going down forward it's a little bit harder. You've got to work for, for your, um, your possessions, I guess. And I think that the only way to do that is if you're um, got pressure inside 50 and um, I think I pride myself on my tackling a fair bit so um, that's one of the key focuses that I focus on for my games um, so I'll definitely say that that was something that I worked on in the pre-season. Well we're not we're not sizest on, on this podcast we sizest. we respect players of all all shapes and sizes. Um, <laughs> you, despite being one of the smaller players I still reckon you're one of if not the most skilled disposer of the footy in the Ditto. comp. I'll back you in on that one. Yes, thank you, Claude. Um <laughs> Was your ability to uh, to become one of these high disposal efficiency players bred through uh, under eighteen or oh, under eighteen's coaching and stuff, or is it something that's naturally sort of evolved over time? Um, I think I'd say probably naturally evolved over time. I think um, for my first season, I didn't get as much of the ball as I would have liked, but I think being in my third season now, I've definitely. Um, adapted to the pace of the game and the physicality and I think I've um, kind of found my way into the team a bit more, uh, making a bit more impact on the field. So definitely say that it's evolved over, over the few years that I've been at the club. Where do you prefer to play forward or midfield? Because I've noticed <laughs> like round one you had 14 touches, more midfield. Round three you had eight touches but, you know, three goals, a couple of goal assists. Where, where do you prefer to play seeing as you can pretty much do both? 
Um, yeah, I think it's good to have both under my belt, but I think um, being up on the wing is probably my preferred. I like being in amongst the um, the play a bit more and getting a bit more of the ball, but then even changing it up a little bit, one game going up forward um, and trying to put the opposition off, I think that's also fun to try and hit the scoreboard. So I do enjoy playing both, but I definitely enjoy playing midfield, as I think any other girl would um, probably say they prefer getting a bit more of the ball too. <laughs> I agree, George. We need uh, you to tell Daniel Harford to get Matt, <laughs> Matty Prasparkas on the inside, feeds the handball out to you, and then you do the rest. That's, <laughs> that's my Carlton blueprint at the moment. <laughs> and speaking, <laughs> That'd be fun. Speaking of the midfield, G, um, you've got quite a young midfielder, as, as Pont just said. You've got Prasparkas um, yourself when you are on that in, up on the wing. Um, you've brought in Grace Egan, who's absolutely killing it. How, how is the chemistry building amongst this young baggers midfield? Yeah, I've been asked this question a few times. I think um, since Bree Davey left, um, it did leave a pretty big hole. But I think in the draft, picking up Lucy McAvoy and Grace Egan, um, I think it's been big for us. I think obviously we're a young side, but I think those young girls with Maddie um, have definitely stepped up and sealed her hole. Um, and I think that the chemistry of the club has probably been the best it's ever been. Um, definitely for me, I feel most comfortable um, being amongst the younger girls and then having a few older girls to obviously lead us girls. Um, but I think, honestly, it's been the best this season. So You've got as good a midfield leader as you could possibly have in Katie Loins watching her throw her body <laughs> <a> grandmother. <laughs> recklessly at the ball every single week. What have you learned most from, from Katie so far? Um, I think just the way that she goes about her game. Um, she's obviously a bull when it comes to when it comes to a game. She just goes in head first, um, which isn't too safe. But I think just watching her lead on the field, um, she's obviously a big, tough um, body midfielder. And I think I've learnt a lot of her, and I think a lot of the, the younger girls that um, are new this year would have as well. So I think it's ha- it's good to have her um, a part of the club and obviously lead us girls um, as captain. Yeah, she's doing a great job. She's a very good player and good human and I'm going to bring up maybe a touchy subject but Gab Pound labelled you as coach's pet do you do you want to rebut this how do you rebut this or, or do you agree with it look I've I got asked this question again I think yesterday or the other day um and I did say that it was an absolute piece of crock but I will say that I think that Maddie Prasparkas is for sure coach's pet because everyone loves Maddie <laughs> And and how how would um Pound come up with this though? How how did she label you coach's pet? Are you, are well, you... Did... go on Ex- explanation she, please? She Jen. did yeah <laughs> she did message me last night and sent um I think from another interview that I did that um she sent it through and she said you I threw you under the bu- the bus and it was because you're my favourite player so I oh. think it is because I'm her favourite <laughs> apparently apparently <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'd like to think so, though. <laughs> That's great. What's been the biggest difference? You mentioned before that the chemistry now is, is as good as it's been. What's been the biggest difference between your first season where the team was struggling for wins and struggling for chemistry and the most recent, well, now and obviously last season as well under half? Um, I think last year seeing what we could produce, it gave us a lot of belief um, of where we could be this season and I think compared to first season me being there I think just the change that we've had in the group um, bringing in new girls um, and other girls leaving I think um, everyone that's come through has obviously had an impact but I think where Haas has um, brought us this season and what plan he's put in place with the other coaches and the club um, I think it's just 
gone to a new level and I think that um, we're definitely showing that and that we're a lot stronger on the field with um, the girls that we have in our team. I think everyone just has trust and belief in each other when we do we do go out to first the opposition. So, yeah. Is that how you why is that how you would say Carlton is a better team this year than last year? Because obviously you made the grand final last year, but from what I've seen this year, it seems like there's a lot more stability to the team this year. Whereas last year, it took you guys four or five rounds to sort of build into the season. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's a big thing that Half has harped on about is that um, from round one, he wanted us to um, start off really well rather than it take us a few rounds to get into it. And I think we've definitely shown that. Um, and I think that's obviously with the the new girls that we've got in and I think just the preseason that we've had that we've learnt to trust each other and have belief in each other on the field and off the field as well. How are you finding uh, Daniel Harford as, as head coach of the, the Baggers? Yeah, he's awesome. He has such a good rapport with all of the players. Um, he's serious when he has to be, but he also can have a joke. So I think he's he's really good and has a lot of fun with the girls and I think that's what we need in a coach and um, the girls definitely love him. So it's good to have him um, as our coach. Pretty lucky. Yeah. I got to sneak in um, after the North Melbourne Pracky game and listen to his post-game speech. And he definitely has the attention of everyone in the room when he speaks. Like you can tell that there's clearly a lot of respect for him, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everyone loves him. And I think just um, the amount of knowledge that he has and the experience that he's had as a player as well has um, definitely helped us girls and anyone that's been a part of the club um, I know that everyone does respect him a lot. You've got a big one this weekend, grand final rematch, Adelaide. Not sure if they're going to have Erin back just yet. Looks like they're still going to be without a couple of their stars. How how do you go about it knowing last time they really did get a hold of you? How do you go about getting one back against them? Um, I think I wouldn't say it's a grand final rematch. I think it's just another game. Um, obviously, we did first from the grand final last year and they um, got on top of us. But I think we're both two completely different sides this season. Um, and I think if we go about it the way that we have against Richmond and then obviously last game against Bulldogs, I think we could do the job on them. But um, that's not to say that they're not a quality side. And, um, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Any game, anything can happen. So it'll be good to see um, what we're up against when we get there. Yeah, um, like you said, like, very good answer by you, by the way, G. Clearly very well media trained because um, you are two very different sides. Um, but what what do we expect from, I guess, your different Carlton side this weekend heading um, up to Adelaide again, um, jumping on the plate and heading over there? What, what should we expect from the Baggers this week? Um, I think just a lot more um, pressure and hunting for the ball is probably the key focus that we're going into. And I think that you could see... Um, that we're, I guess, um, we believe in our, um, each other a lot more. And I think that having the younger players um, stand up, I think that's going to show that um, we're a completely different side this this year and that um, we do have a different plan in place. And I think that that can hopefully um, get the job done and hopefully get us the win. But, yeah, see how we go. Get some more scores on the board this weekend. And speaking of, your three goals, I watched them back. They all seem to be along the ground, G. Are you bringing back the dribble kick or something? <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I was just pretty lucky to get off on the end of um, a few of the good plays that the girls set up. So well, you've got to work yeah, there, maybe. G. So don't undersell yourself. You've got to get to those positions. You're doing very well. And, um, yeah, you've, you. you've climbed up the list of my favourite AFLW plays, especially after that silky left-handed pick-up you did in round one. I was like, yep, all right, Georgia G, she's one of my favourite plays. Despite the colours you're wearing, I still like you. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Chloe. The best colours. Don't worry about that. Oh. Speaking of the colours, yeah. actually, um, I've noticed I was, I've been at a lot of Carlton games recently. There's been a lot of 19s in the crowd. Are you taking credit for that or is uh, Eddie Betts taking credit for that? I would like to take credit for that, but I think Eddie would for sure. <laughs> no, I think it's more you, G. Well, you got my number 19 and unfortunately because Carlton didn't beat Collingwood, Chloe doesn't have to wear it, which is very frustrating. Oh, really? Unlucky. Oh, that's <laughs> It would have next been a great year, photo, but next year, yes, we'll get her next year. <laughs> Pipe down there, G. Pipe down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, George. Thank you for dealing with a few issues on our end. Um, Good luck on the weekend against the Crows in what is a huge game for you guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck to you too, Chloe. See you, G. That was Georgia G there. Awesome to hear from her. She is as lovely as we imagined she would be. That was my first time speaking with her. That was great. Um... I really hope that the Blues can not necessarily beat Adelaide this weekend, but can show that they're on their level because the grand final was very, very lopsided. I don't think Carlton will let that happen again. I really don't think so. I'm um, just speaking to a couple of them. Yeah, and Georgia C said, G said they're a very different side. And I think they are. I think they're a much more stable side, a much more um, defensive team, uh, defensively minded team this year. But I also obviously don't think Adelaide are the side they were. They haven't got that confidence. They haven't got that aura. And they haven't got their two captains, which is huge. And I don't think we'll see Aaron this week. I really hope that we don't see Aaron this week. And that's just from my own selfish opinion. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we'll be really interested to see that. Shall we get to some Instagram questions before we get out of here? We shall. And we actually had a good couple of good ones come in this this week. And also shout out to Fev for for, uh, throwing in a question. Big fan of the show, Fev. (laughs) I know. You made me blush, Fev. Um... From Olivia, which is quite a controversial question, I guess you could say. Um, but what do you think about there being only one female head coach in the AFRW? That's a good question. Do you mind if I bounce that back to you first? Yes, bounce for Go sure. For I actually, I don't see the gender um, as a factor for me. If you can coach footy, you coach footy. Um, I don't think it should matter your gender if you're a male or a female. Yes, we want to see empowering women you know, coaching um, AFLW teams, but that'll come because there's there's um, pathways for head coaches now and a lot more women are taking interest, just as the game of football for women um, has become more of an interest and we see more playing. So I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it, there will probably change um, as there's interest in the game goes up in the coaching capacity. And I know Emma Grant, um, one of my teammates, she's looking to head into coaching after her career. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of similar. We just kind of got to wait um, because we will see more females head into the head coach role. But yep. if you can coach Pont, you can coach. I, don't, I honestly don't care if you're a male or a female. Trivia question for you. Trivia. What do 17 of the 18 AFL coaches have in common? They're all ex-players. What does no AFLW way. not have much of right now? Ex-players as ex-players. head coaches. Because they're all still playing. Yeah, so because it, they're all still time. young. You've got to give it five, ten years before these players retire, then they go into the assistant ranks, then they become head coaches. I think that's a cycle that needs to come in. There weren't, obviously, women in sport, period, have not been given the opportunities that they should have. And you can't really expect there to just be like, okay, we've got a women's competition. Let's... Give us women head coaches. Yeah, it that... just doesn't work like no, that. No, they've got to grow. And uh, Beck Goddard was obviously an, an example of someone who could slot right in. It didn't quite work for Michelle Cowan. Um, and then Trent Cooper came in and took Freo to the next level. That's just part of part of footy. Peter Seller stepped right in with St Kilda and built something really cool. 
And I think when we spoke to her in, before the season, it was immediately evident that they had a plan and the plan was going to work. Yep. So, and there's a plan for the future too. Yeah, and the plan has worked, I think. So good on her at St Kilda. So yeah, I think it's, it's just time. It's just something yeah. that needs time. Give it give it time. Give breathing space. And I, like you said, I think in five to 10 years, we will see more females in coaching roles. Um, but yeah, like I said, you can coach, you can coach. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it. Um, last trivia, last trivia, you got me on trivia. Trivia. Next I'll be talking about bingo. But last, um, question through social media, which expansion team looks most promising? That's a really good question. And I think it is, uh, sorry, who, do you have the names of? Sorry, Ali. This is a good question from Ali. Thank you, Ali. Um, I think St. Kilda is the most promising long-term. They, as we've just mentioned, Peter Searle has built something really steady and really stable around a team that doesn't really have stars, but has the capacity to add stars. That's the key here. They don't want to win. Obviously, they want to win the flag this year, but they're probably not going to win the flag this year, and they probably knew that. It's kind of a bit of a bonus if this year they win the flag. Yeah, but they were building something long-term, and they have put into place a a midfield unit that they want to build, a forward line that they want to build. Caitlin Greiser was incredible on the weekend. Oh, her goal. Yeah, they they can build their, their their next three or four years around her, assuming that that everyone stays together and with no more expansion teams, they'll have three or four years to settle this team down, and work out what they want to do. They've got a great thing at Morabin. I'm really excited about what this future holds for St Kilda. Gold Coast, as we mentioned, a lot of people didn't know what to expect about Gold Coast in the preseason. I was told two things: they're going to be fast and they're going to be exciting, and they've been fast, exciting, but also consistent. They are really close to being undefeated right now. They lost to GWS by a point in awful conditions, and they drew with Brisbane. Those are their only two non-wins. They could be undefeated right now. So the Suns, I'm really excited about them, and obviously Richmond and West Coast will need to see see more from them. Yeah, and I actually, I actually don't want to write off any of them, yeah. um, especially being um, a part of Collingwood, and I guess you consider us at the step we were foundation team, but I guess you could class that kind of as like an expansion. Um, like, look how we were able to turn our game around in just three years. So yep. I, I I actually don't have an answer for which team looks most promising because you just you don't know what could happen in the off-season. You don't know what what the plans are. I mean, you know, Peter Sell spoke to us about what her plan is, but you just never know. Things could change. Um, you know, you could come across hurdles. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not running off any of the expansion teams because I, I believe that, you know, they're all working towards something um, – so, yeah, I think any of them could be really promising. We just really don't know what to expect, and I don't think you can kind of put a line through any of them because I just think that's just doing them um, a dishonesty. We just we have to wait and see. And like you said, Gold Coast, people could have ridden Gold Coast off, but they've been exciting and yep. um, probably exceeded expectations. Richmond, yes, okay, they've gone on not a great run so far, but who knows what's happening and, and manifesting in Richmond right now. They could come out and... You know, they come off a harsh loss against North Melbourne. And like you said, the body language was something. But that changed after half time. They could take that into the next, I don't know, however many rounds. And who knows, make finals. You just, I think the exciting thing of AFRW is you'd never know what to expect each round. And you never know what to expect from year to year. Fremantle went from zero to finals. Carlton went from literally the bottom to the grand final. Wooden spoon is to grand final. You guys are, going, are clearly going from the bottom to up the top. So. Yeah, it can change in one year with a change of mindset, change of attitude. So we, you never know. This obviously isn't the year for them, but we will see. It, it's exciting. AFRW is the exciting space to be a part of. Absolutely. Totally agree. And we will leave it there for episode four? 
five, five six, four, five, seven, six, whatever. Seven. Episode. Another episode. Another episode <laughs> of the AFLW <laughs> podcast. Boundary. The boundary. Why do I keep forgetting that? The boundary AFLW on SEN <laughs> podcast. Thank you very much to Georgia G for not only jumping on, but being incredibly uh, gracious with our yes. tech issues on this side of things. She was great. She's a legend. Please go subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. We are on Spotify. Get over there and give us Get a five-star review. Because <laughs> a five-star review apparently is really good for their algorithms. <laughs> so please do. Make sure you follow Chloe on all her platforms. <laughs> At Chloe Malloy. Pretty harsh one. Pretty hard one there to remember. Weird spellings, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, and me at Nick Negropontis on Twitter. Don't worry about following me on Instagram. I don't post anything anyway. Um, before Except we go, for when you lose to Collingwood and have to wear the Collingwood jumper. That's enough, Eddie. <laughs> but, uh, before we go, last week we mentioned uh, Wikipedia pages. So I've got your Wikipedia page here. Oh, gosh. Let's have a look. Oh, gosh. This is not uh, There's a whole thing on your basketball career. Did you know that? Have you, no, I, I have not seen my Wikipedia two, page. There is five paragraphs on your basketball career here. Interesting. Anyway, we'll leave what, it there. What are we getting at here? We'll leave it there for this week's episode. I'm not sure who has made your Wikipedia page, but whoever has knows a lot about your basketball career. You played at Nunna Wadding. Interesting. We'll talk about that. I play at Nunna Wadding. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. <laughs>